and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Ragland, and for today's episode, well, I believe I have shades of a fantastic conversation that can be painted throughout, especially when we talk about a certain particular mouse that the internet has lost their collective mind about. Today's guest is Silent Jack, a artist, animator, actor, and filmmaker known for bringing a cute little blue mouse to the screens of the internet, along with several other incredible artistic endeavors. Jack is someone that I've been really wanting to have on the podcast for a while, and I was so grateful when he told me he was available, and the conversation before you is top Notch super best. Sincerely, this was a fantastic conversation that I know you guys are going to love and enjoy. If you enjoy Jack, make sure you support him in the link down in the description below. Especially when he's teasing some of the stuff aside from Mia. And believe me, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You know I see those five stars reviews, and you know they really do warm my heart. Another way to really warm my heart is to support the Indiegogo for the adult animated horror comedy special, The Evil Little Thing. This has been a passion project for my co-showrunner, Tipsy J. Hearts, that we truly do want to see come to fruition. It's something that I am more than happy to help out with as a writer, and I think it would mean the world if you guys took time to go to the link in the description below, check out the campaign, Donate if you can, or spread the word at the very least. We appreciate all the help we can get. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. We must turn on the camera. Oh, let's see how this works out. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) I'm sorry, that instant reaction was beautiful. Ah! Ah! Sunlight! Ah! The light! It burns! Oh, somebody help me! (laughs) Ah, goodness. Alright, we're off to a smashing start. Uh, (laughs) Yes. How are you doing today, by the way? I am tired. Ah, Well, I don't blame you. That's pretty cool. Tired at this point is not a, an emotion or a feeling. It is just life. That my my life is just tired. <laughs> That's true. If there's one mood, tired. That's all it is. <laughs> Again, I no don't ever. Point, at this point, I wouldn't even consider it a mood. <laughs> like this, it's just a state of being. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, people always ask you, "Are you feeling okay?" But they never ask you, "Are you tired?" Because <laughs> yes, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm very good at powering through my exhaustion. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's part of the course. <laughs> but no, seriously, like it, it, it was. It's been great to to see the art you've been able to do, and then to see you just randomly follow me one day was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I discovered the podcast uh, way before this, and like I was like watching some. I was like, this is pretty cool. Like I, I, I really do like this. I, I'm gonna follow this guy on Twitter, and then I did. So like, and here we are now. Was there a po- so? What, oh what was the episode that got you interested in the first place? Like, what was the the guest or whatnot that made you be like, "Oh, this is cool. This is interesting." Oh man, I can't even remember. It's it's so hard to remember. There was like, I watched a few of them. So I can't remember which one was like the first one, but like I watched okay. a few of them. Okay, was, well, uh... okay. Well, what were the few that you watched that got you interested? I should ask. 
Hmm. Let's see. There was uh, the odd ones out. Good one. Yeah. Last Mr. Clown. Uh. Hmm. Some uh, other guy. Uh, I'll, I'll say honestly, those two. Other you, dude. <laughs> I'll say honestly, those two that you listed right there, both really good episodes. I really enjoyed those. So. <laughs> Some guy named Fred. I don't know. <laughs> have I had a Fred on the podcast? I feel like I have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there could be an artist named Fred, so I'm probably mistaken. But, like, hard to say because there were so many of them. But I did like, like, oh, yeah, there was Dubas Goobas. That was another one. Yes, yes, yes. That that somehow still remains my most popular episode. I think this is because of how well he <laughs> helped promote it on his channel with at least making a, a, a YouTube post, but still it's just like, it, again, all, all fantastic episodes. So uh, thank you for the support regardless. I really do appreciate no, it. No problem. <laughs> so it's, it's cool to be on here. And while I'm, while I am now finally on here after following somebody, I'm going to be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm popular. Yay. <laughs> really? This is your affirmation that you're popular and not the thousands of people following you and such. <laughs> uh, they're fine uh, they're just people uh, this is however like different you know it's like i don't know it's just different well i i appreciate that you hold it in such high regards um <laughs> but i was actually asking for mia mouse i was hoping to get her into now joking <laughs> Maru? i mean like maybe she i was maybe she would have loved to come on here that would no, be pretty cool I, I was making the joke that like i just i only asked you because i need mia like the the cartoon character herself like i'm trying to interview her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I come on, it's like, hi, it's me. Like, oh, you're actually a dude. <laughs> this is kind of awkward. Uh, you're not a six inch tall female mouse that everyone is going crazy for. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's the sad. That's actually kind of funny. People actually thought like I was uh, female at some point. Uh, They're like, oh my god, you're male. I'm like, yes, it's on my freaking bio that I'm male. What are you talking about? So they just thought Mia was like a sonar or something like that. I'm like, no, I wish I was that hot. Like, come on now, really? <laughs> uh, goodness, I know we're definitely going to be talking a good bit about that, but I want to let you know right now, that's not all we're going to be talking about. I, I mean, talk about that, talk about what got you into art and stuff like that. And I definitely want to talk a good chunk about the shade film that you've been teasing about, because like of all the things that you have presenting, that's the thing I'm probably the most intrigued about, so. Oh my goodness! Oh, just 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 talk on and on. Oh. <laughs> oh, trust me, we will. This is a podcast. You have plenty of time to talk on and on about it. <laughs> We're gonna be here for a good hour, so buckle up. Hour? That's that's on the low end. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna ask this now because I'm only gonna say your actual name for the like intro itself. I'm probably just gonna call you Jack, like for the rest of it. In fact, that's how you present yourself. How do you pronounce okay. your last name? Oh boy, here we go again. Uh, so my last name is German, and it's pronounced Gappy Hewitt. However, Gappy people have pronounced it many things over the years. Gutenhu, <laughs> Gott. A friend of mine at one point said, uh, "Where's McGott Boo Boo Man?" So <laughs> Boo Boo Man. Yeah, he was like, I was, I was. This happened back in high school. He was like looking around. I was like, "Where is Nathan McGott Boo Boo Man?" I just like. <laughs> It was the funniest stuff ever. So you can call me any of that kind of stuff. Well, I'm going to try to be at least respectful, at least for the intro, and be uh, Gopi Hewitt, uh, if I pronounce it correctly, or close enough. Gopi Hewitt. Gopi Hewitt. Gotcha. Yeah, you got Gopi Hewitt. Gopi but the only reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, at least when it comes to the first name, it would be difficult if I was to address you like that, because my name is also Nathan. So, yeah. <laughs> Are you my brother? Uh... 
well, you got a German name, and I mean, <laughs> I say you have a German last name. I I have Polish descendants, so probably not brothers, but <laughs> but I could definitely be a good friend. I can definitely say that. Oh, okay, come here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. Before I really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, breathe. You get to truly enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded on this island. It's like a little personal B&B paradise, more or less. Okay, to, good. <laughs> to help make sure you don't go completely, I guess, further insane on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever kind of headspace you want on this island. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? I, well, first of all, I'm glad you told me it was just a paradise island and I wasn't stranded there because my first answer is a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? That's <laughs> honestly not the most. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be the first time we've had a violent answer. I mean, Palo a couple weeks yeah. ago said that he would bring a nuke. So, I mean. Let's see. We got a noose, a gun. I could just drown myself. I don't even need to bring an item with me. Th that is true. That is true. But since this is a paradise for you, what would that one thing be? Hmm. Uh, I would say the first three seasons of SpongeBob. Those are that's my okay. only best answer I can think of. All right. Okay. You know, honestly, that is a very good, very sophisticated answer, if I do say so myself. But I'm genuinely curious why the first three. Why is that specifically your answer? What is it about those first three seasons that makes you want to instantly bring those? I don't know. It's like for some reason, you know, me and my brother used to grow up with SpongeBob, and like even as adults, even though we've seen practically like. Every episode, well, not every episode, but, like, the best parts of Spongebob, mm -hmm. we still, like, just giggle and laugh. Our cheeks start quivering every time we watch it, you know, stuff like that. It's like, if that's the case, like, I'm not going to get sick and tired of watching it. I'll just, like, laugh again. I'll just be sitting in the corner of the uh, room with my TV for some reason, which is on this island. Just, like, just giggling in the darkness going, Because <laughs> it's just so finding it funny. I mean, if nothing else, let's be honest, like, how many people these days still quote those first three seasons of all the different, like, just gags and moments that come from there? I mean, for goodness sakes, I think my soundboard alone has, like, at least, for, for Discord, my soundboard has at least two or three different bits from those first three seasons. I know <laughs> I, I know one of them is from the classic Doodle Bob episode, so just, the, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, no, I mean, no, I, I, I'm sorry, what was that? Me, uh, abba, abba, abba. <laughs> Uh, goodness. <laughs> now, I, I obviously, I have to ask, but is there a particular favorite episode or a particular favorite moment from those first three seasons? Oh, man, there's mm. there's so many to count, man. Oh, you can't just do this to I, me, man. I, I oh. know, I know. It's hard to, it, it, it's like if you have multiple children, it's hard to pick your favorite one. I mean, you have your least favorite one, but it's hard to pick your favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Okay, well, let's see. The favorite one, God, fuck, there's so many of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of one that makes me laugh the most. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I can already tell you right now, when it comes to me, favorite episode, hands down, the band episode. I mean, that. <laughs> but everybody says the band episode. But, I don't want to be a, such a simple bitch. But it, there's a good reason why, all right? Like, just from okay. top to bottom, it's a good episode. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say band geeks, but then I was just like, no, everyone says band geeks. I want to be, like, different here. I want to be quirky and different. I want to. Okay. Okay, let me think. Uh, shoot. Hmm. I'm gonna say... I don't know. I, I like, I like, uh... 
Clam. That one's pretty clam, funny. Clam, yes. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, just like the biscuit with that one as well. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's great. Stop that music! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yep, yep. All right. Valid answer. Very wonderful. And regardless, the first three seasons of SpongeBob. That's your answer. You're locking that in. I'm lock. I'm locking that in. It's like good because I'm actually gonna strand you on an island with just those episodes. <laughs> good luck, fucko. Well, well, I'm not stranding you on this island, but I will say that because of that answer, you've won a trip to the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Uh, I'm currently helping Tipsy J Hearts with their indie animated horror comedy, uh, The Evil Ooh. Little Thing. Indiegogo to that is in the description below. Please support. Spread the word help this demon goat find a home um and also follow us on twitter instagram and blue sky at postmod art pod for future updates and guest announcements including today's guest <clears throat> he is an artist animator actor and filmmaker known for bringing a journalist mouse onto the internet among other things welcome to the podcast nathan i'm i we just talked about this guppy guppy hute Gubby Hute? You're, you're saying it. Say it right now. Say it right now. Come on, Gubby, say it. Say Gubby, it right now. Come Nathan Gubby Hute, a.k.a. Silence Jack! <laughs> yay! Yay! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Everyone, it's just, it's just slow clapping, just... <laughs> I I always encourage I always encourage my audience at home, no matter where they're listening to this podcast, even if you're driving to work, to slow clap at this moment right here. Uh, please note the postmodern podcast does not endorse uh, reckless driving. Uh, <laughs> I do. <laughs> also, disclaimer: uh, the 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 views of the guests are his and his alone. Um, <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jack? <laughs> We've been over this. I'm tired, man. How many times do I have to say this? You ask me how I am, and I'm tired. That's how I am. We went over this. You know, for me, I, I'm on this like kind of loop when it comes to these podcasts, where I have to like ask the same questions every single time. But it's just like, oh, let's <laughs> say so you go on. You know what insanity is, right? The same thing happening over and over again. You know what insanity is, right? The same thing happening over and over again. You know what insanity is? It's the same thing happening over and over again. Do you know what yeah. insanity is? The same thing over and over again. <laughs> but oh, regardless, God. thank you for coming out of your little exhaustion for a little bit to take the time to come on this podcast. Um, Obviously, I have been admiring your art for a good bit on all different fronts. Obviously, everyone could talk about Mia Mouse for days on end, but like yeah. actually, actually taking an opportunity to deep dive into your art, there's a lot of stuff that I really want to talk about when it comes to what you have to present and such. But before we really talk about the stuff you're presenting today, I want to go back just a little bit and learn more or less the origin story of Jack. What got you interested in art and animation in the first place? Oh, my tragic anime backstory. Uh, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so this is actually kind of funny. So when I was in elementary school, I didn't actually, like, really do art as something I wanted to, like, completely do. Okay. Uh, beforehand, I went through, like, a bunch of, like, stuff I wanted to do. I went through uh, dancer, magician, meteorologist. Yeah, I first felt like I wanted to do those things, but then I was just like, no. Eventually, just like, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just, you know, dancer, magician, meteorologist. One of these things is not like the other. Like the other. <laughs> Well, they will be like the other soon when I actually when I actually get to the like the whole thing. But like, okay. uh, they'll come together like in the end. And uh, but like one of the things I did like on the sidelines was art. But it wasn't like something I like did as like a full time thing. It was just something I did just a 
just something I did. Okay. And I, I used to like love like reading like, you know, illustrated books like Dr. Seuss and stuff like that. Mm. Well, people were reading dumb stuff like Harry Potter and stuff. I was <laughs> reading the classics, the goats of children's books, you know? Hey, and uh, can I agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People get mad at me when I said they're like, no, you do not just say that. <laughs> and uh, uh, so pretty much I would just keep drawing and drawing from that time until once I got into sixth grade. Once I got into sixth grade, I started like getting into like cartoons, like old cartoons, like 90s stuff, like stuff. I don't know like how I got into it. Mostly came because I just had YouTube and like stuff pops up on your YouTube feed. I was just watching like, what is this? My like my little like six year old mind was just like, uh, not six year old mind, sorry, sixth grade mind was just like, oh, oh, <laughs> just like just like an amazement from it. Watching all these cartoons and like getting into them and stuff like that. And eventually I'm like, I want to draw just like that. Okay. And, like, I would, like, start doing that in sixth grade. And, like, once I hit sixth grade, I started getting serious about it. And, like, I'm not even lying when I tell you. I was drawing a lot in sixth grade, even to the point I didn't even do homework or, like, actual class, actual, like, schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You could call me irresponsible, but, well, fuck you. I, I'm, 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 you know, it's just, it was just how it is. <laughs> Look, a sacrifice has had to be made to get to this point they, in your life, okay? <laughs> they did have to be made. And, like, I started getting into, like, you know, animation and, like, animation facts to the point I have, like, an animation history mindset. It's okay. to the point, like, whenever, whenever someone brings up, like, an animated film, like, did you know? Like, just, like, uh, <laughs> like, one of the, like, those weird TikTok videos or just some guy going, did you know that in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Willy Wonka is Willy Wonka. <laughs> and, uh, what? <laughs> no! <laughs> and, uh. Or they're just like, uh, the chocolate river was not actually made of chocolate. No! no. It's just like this. And, uh, yeah, just like as I said, like, I just kept, like, just drawing so much in class. And it was seen as kind of a problem, but, I mean, like, it did help me, like, improve really fast. In fact, I don't think I would get to, like, the level I'm at, which, I mean, like, is a passable level, I'll have to say. But passable is better than nothing. It's I'm still a, uh, it's still a succeeding grade. I, I mean, you know, I, I'll say grade-wise, I can see where it's a passable level. I thought you were talking about art-wise, where I'm like, art-wise, I think it's way more than a passable level. I think you're putting no, out No, I was talking art-wise. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, art-wise, I think you're putting out some really high-quality stuff, especially with kind of the, the art style that you've more or less inherited for yourself. Uh, I, I can certainly see kind of that, like, almost nostalgic factor you were talking about with, like, the <laughs> 90s cartoons that you were really getting into. Like, what were some of those early cartoons that more or less, like, uh directed you to the kind of art style that you would adopt okay so as i stated before when i was a kid i used to love like dr seuss mm -hmm. he was definitely an inspiration to me it's even to the point i wanted to make a children's book at some point okay because you know i love his i love his wacky stuff it's pretty cool because it's nothing i've ever seen in a children's book before it's like fucking how do you do this for kids it's so amazing yep, yep. And once I got into sixth grade, I, of course, like, found 90s cartoons like Nickelodeon stuff. And I was into, like, Rocco's Modern Life and, like, Ren and Stimpy. And those were, like, at first the style I was going with, you know, mm -hmm. just, like, that kind of insane style. But then as, like, I started finding more animation and more, like, getting into more animated stuff, I started developing, like, other styles. And I just drifted away from, like, that Ren and Stimpy-esque style at some point. And uh, the styles I then started getting inspired from was one of them was Chuck Jones. Okay. One of the one of the great Looney Tunes directors. I'm sure you probably can see some of that in the style. There was uh, Richard Williams. I love his work because he's just probably one of the most underrated and fucking phenomenal animators ever. And uh, let's see, who else? 
There was also Al Hirschfeld, known as one of the great Hollywood caricatures. You probably might recognize his style if you like look up his name. Mm-hmm. It is a very iconic style. There's so much like fluidity and stuff like that to it. And uh, fuck, let's see, Doctor Seuss, Doctor. I think that's I think that's like those are the main ones. Those are the main art styles that like I went with. <laughs> I, I I mean even then like you want to talk about like art history alone like those names that you talked about are a really strong influence to not just the the style at the time but probably some of the animation and like techniques that are done to this day. So I mean hey you know good people to learn from at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah it is it's just like and the thing was like eighth grade came around like I was like starting to like really like like wanting to make animation. Like I kept seeing all these cartoons. I'm like, man, I want to make something like this. So I tried to, the only problem was, uh, I was broke as fuck. I was a kid at the time. So I can't, I don't have the money to afford like fancy smancy monitors. So I did it the old fashioned way. I got some paper. I got like some fucking like light pad thing you get like from like Crayola and stuff. Mm -hmm. I put the paper on top. I did the old fashioned way, flipping through pages and stuff like that. And it ended up with a terrible result. But it was just, but I was learning, so like it didn't really matter. I watched like YouTube tutorials. I picked up like two uh, books. One was by Eric Goldberg called Crash Course Animation. The other one is Richard Williams' is, uh, uh, you know, Survival's uh, Animation Kit. Which, by the way, if you do want to learn animation, anybody who's watching this video right now, pick up that book. It will teach you everything. It's like the Bible, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying when I say that. And uh, from that time, I started, like, just teaching myself. And eventually, I found out about a thing called Flip-A-Clip on, like, the phone. I'm like, oh, I could just oh. digitally? And then, like, I did. And uh, the rest just went up from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seeing how it kind of devolved, or not devolved, evolved from there, kind of rolled into kind of the, the artist that you are today. I mean, I can only imagine, especially, like, especially in eighth grade, finally getting an opportunity to animate. And then realizing, <laughs> I have a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's just the funny thing, though. It's, like, when people, like, because, like, when I've, I've been, like, drawing and animating for a long time, and people, like, are always just, like, watching me do it as, like, I'm, like, in class and stuff. And they ask me, like, how do you manage to do that? I'm, like, well, I mean, like, it takes a lot of, like, time. And they're just all, like, no, I mean, like, how do you, like, have the patience and, like, any kind of, like, will to, like, take the time and do this over and over again and not get, like, insane from it? I'm, like, let me tell you a little secret. Okay, come here. Let me tell you a little secret. Okay. <clears throat> artists are secretly perverted and what i mean and what i mean by this is that every artist is a masochist Mm. Mm. because only a masochist would think it's a good idea to be like hmm maybe i should just draw like 12 more fucking pictures and maybe i'll get some results here (laughs) you know take that time and patience that's the answer every artist is secretly a masochist we're all sick fucks all right that's just a known fact (laughs) not just not safe for not safe for work artists i'm talking about safe work artists too we are also disgusting all right so as you guys can tell obviously from the podcast from the over 140 episodes, every single person that's been on here is a masochist, obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> every single artist that's been on here. <laughs> I can't wait for every artist on here just to find this comment. They'll be like, no, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> He's lying. I, I swear. I, I didn't do any. I, I'm not like that. Come on, guys. You guys know me. <laughs> I, I'm generally curious because obviously, like, you know, really discovering the art and really immersing yourself into it is one thing. But at what point did it go from just like a general love and passion and maybe something you would consider doing to a true passion and wanting to make it your career? Like when did you decide to make that step to be like, I am going to be an artist when I grow up? 
it came from the fact because like I love creating ideas and like different worlds because I also like as I said like I'm also like an actor and filmmaker and I love like doing acting and stuff and like writing stories and scripts and the fact is like I'm not gonna lie whenever I make like ideas for plays they usually have a very animated feel to them very over the top and stuff like that so uh when I was thinking about that, I'm just like, man, like, if that's the case, I could just do animation then. It's just like, and the fact is, I love doing animation because it's just like, it's just such an incredible, like, medium of filmmaking. You know, you could just, like, do anything with it. And you can get so much expression, like, overall, like, style out of it that you can't really get out of, like, like, out of a live action film. Like, to me, it's like, it's hard to make a live action film look different from how an animated film can look. You know, it's like, there can be a style to an animated film, but like to a live action film, you got to have a certain director to do that. Unless you're like Wes Anderson, it's hard to like have like a style with like a live action movie. Yeah. I and mean, it's like, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's how like some of the directors of these days, like you said, like a Wes Anderson or like, you know, a Quentin Tarantino or something along the lines of Like they have a very specific style and a very specific way that they deliver. And that is officially their style. Meanwhile, with like animation, like you can point to just about a million different people that have illustrated like a different styles that are way more infinite than any of those directors can even imagine. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, it's a passion of mine. Cause like of how, when you actually like go behind the scenes and you learn about like animation facts, stories of animators, like how films were made, like you have to have like a respect for how these people work on these like projects to the point it makes you want to do the same thing. It's actually funny because beforehand, like I grew up with animation, like old animation, like me and my brother. And, uh, you know, we, we like that kind of stuff. So I was already like in the in the right stage to like truly care about this kind of stuff. And it's like it, honestly, it's also kind of a curse being an animation lover and like actually doing animation you get people who don't treat it like as a actual work of art and it's right. just enter mindless entertainment like uh people bring up it's like a genre and like that shit infuriates me so goddamn much which oh, people yeah. ask me like why yeah people ask me like why does it i'm like well because it's like it's not a genre it's a medium exactly it's like this is like I, one of my other inspirations is Brad Bird. He's another inspiration of mine. That's a quote I always go by because it's a true fact. Like what person thought to themselves, it's a genre. It's a t it's another type of filmmaking. It's not a genre. Yeah, like people are not looking at like TV shows and just straight up being. That's a whole entire different genre of storytelling. Like no TV shows, films. That's all different mediums or different outlets for you know, art to be exhibited just as animation is not a genre. It is a medium to tell the story. However you want horror, comedy, drama, documentary, th the whole nine yards. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's so disappointing to me, like how I see like that happening. Like hell it's happening even like with studios that do animation. Disney, for example, is kind of disappointing me a little bit. Like I feel like when they do stuff like make these live action remakes, they're just like no. disrespecting the original films in a way. Because it feels like they have no idea what made the original films work. Like, the most recent example is the Snow White remake. It's like, if the actress playing the main character doesn't understand or hates the original movie and just thinks that this new one's going to be an improvement, like, I don't... Of course people aren't going to have good feelings about it, because in what way is that, like, a tribute to the movie? It was, like, one of the... It was Walt Disney's first movie, and, like, it changed, like, animated films. So it's like... 
fucking how why are you saying this kind of stuff that that's how i always feel when it comes to any of these live action remakes like they don't feel like they're made out of the respect of the original source material they're made mainly just to be a cash grab which is true these things can be made to be cash grabs but like at least have a little bit of ounce of respect for the original source material yeah. when you're doing it it's like so many times I select these movies and they're like they either try replicating what the original did or like they just change stuff around and those never go good at all. Because like when they try doing what the original did, it's in live action and it's done shittily. So it's like it doesn't look as good as how the original did it. And when they try changing stuff, the changes are just unwarranted. They just make no goddamn sense. Like I remember I raged quit at this when I was uh, I was like dragged into like when I was watching uh, the Aladdin remake because uh, mm friend of mine wanted to watch it and i'm like i don't know if i want to watch it like come on please i'm like fine i'll go and watch it i'm not doing anything that day so we go and i'm just like i just told him like i'm gonna make fun of the movie the entire time okay just i'm just gonna make that into a perspective right now and i was like i already like did not like what was going on in the film but i raged quit at the moment like fucking uh they changed the scene like the climax of the movie where jafar turns into a snake into just making iago a giant so it was just them versus a giant parrot. And I was just like, yep. Fucking, I'm just like, I'm just like screaming in my hand. They're just like, what's wrong with like, oh, <laughs> like people paid money for this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That, that, but that goes back to obviously the original point when it comes to obviously your love for animation and wanting to be a part of this field as well. I, I imagine, like you said, like it's a gift and a curse, obviously, being someone that really is invested in like this art history and all that stuff like that. I, I can honestly tell from personal experience, like, so I went to college for filmmaking myself. Like I, I, I wanted to be, I want to be, I want to be a director at some point. I've actually directed a couple of short films that have actually gone to some like local film festivals and such. So I mean, like, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> casual flex, just saying. Um, but anyway, so, <laughs> but aside from the point, it's one of those, like one of the beautiful things about getting into filmmaking, at least for me, was like really getting to immerse myself in that behind the scenes stuff because that's the stuff I always loved. I always loved. I was a person that loved seeing the behind the scenes featurette sometimes more. More than the actual movie itself on whenever yes. i get the dvd <laughs> like just getting that in that beautiful thing but the curse of it is that like especially whenever i was really in it i would critique so many things about the movie like i would have done it like this i would have done it like that this is horrible why they do this kind of oh. shot to where i couldn't enjoy the movie <laughs> like, oh. like my the biggest one for me was sicario like if you've ever seen that film like a lot of people like they really like and enjoy that film i can't stand that film just because of the the the, the choices of like camera angles and like certain shots and stuff that they picked for it but <laughs> I need to get. I, I, let me get that from this uh, soapbox. My bad. Um, <laughs> so I. Ima- sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I was. I was saying. I was just. I was just like. Ooh, just, just laying out some air. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, understandable. I mean, I imagine, especially for you, like you know, especially now that you're again, really into this art field, really into this animation field. I imagine you probably had some of those reservations, but still cool to even think that like something that you had loved growing up, you're now getting your chance to like have a, a, a little niche corner of it to really express that animation and be a part of this field. Yeah. I'm part of the, uh, the amount of masochists we got here. They've, uh, they've indoctrinated me into the masochist, uh, place. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true thing. Animation was just made by masochists, and we just disguise it. That's all it is. <laughs> well, I imagine that masochism was was more or less amplified whenever you start getting your animation out there. 
including quite possibly the the biggest animation that you are known for, or at least the biggest character from this animation that you are known for, and that is this I've... cute little mouse that the internet just went crazy for, named Mia Mouse. How did this character of this little blue journalist mouse, how did it come to be? How did you unleash it into the world? Well, you see, she was living in my walls, and I told her if she doesn't, like, entertain people, then she can't live here anymore. Oh, lovely. <laughs> very, okay. simple, very simple as that. <laughs> and I could tell she was in my walls because, well, fucking, she's ginormous. Like, I don't know, like, how I wouldn't be able to tell. But in all seriousness, uh, so Mia started off being created back when I was in middle school, when I was getting okay. serious about art. And uh, <clears throat> in, like, seventh grade, I was trying to, I was, like, brainstorming, like, a new character to make. Now... Beforehand, I had a lot of male characters, which is funny because nowadays, like, you see, like, I have a lot of, like, more female characters, you right. know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's the reason, the reason why that's the case is because, like, and, you know, I was, I was learning how to draw and women were just hard for me to draw. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, you, what do I... so you're trying to train yourself to be better at it and now you're known for the female. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that training paid off. Like, it's like, what, what do I do? Like before, back in the days, it's like, what, what do I do? Do I just take a male and just put some boobs on it? Like, what, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that all I do? Just, that's all it is. Just take a male, put some boobs, amplify the, the hips a little bit, add some eyelashes, boom, you got a woman. It, it's as simple as that. That's Animation 101, baby. Animation and, 101 uh, with Silent Jack. <laughs> exactly. I should, I should write a book is what I should do. <laughs> I should, I'm going to do it after this podcast. Uh, so I was like trying to like – so I decided like, okay, I'm, I buckled down and decided to make an actual female character. So in sixth grade, I made uh, – not Mia. It was uh, Rachel. It was the bunny character I have. She okay. was the first female character. And uh, – so, like, after that, in seventh grade, I was like, I should make another female character, but what should I do? Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what kind of animal I should do. And I was figuring, like, uh, the next character I want to make, I want to make it a shy character. Like, a very timid, shy character. Because Rachel was, like, you know, energetic. So, let's just, like, switch it up and make, like, an actually shy character. But I was trying to think, like, well, what could the character be, though? Like, what's their, uh, what's their animal I want to make them? I couldn't figure it out. Uh, cut to, like fucking like three at night or something like that <laughs> at the time uh during the winter time at, at our house mice would usually come in because it's the winter time it's cold outside so you'd hear like these little fuckers just scratching in the walls and like you know if you have like like one piece of food downstairs they would just like yep yep like the, the littlest crumbs and you have to deal with that like fucking like in the middle of the night like i mean like it's not even scary like when it's like in the daytime because it's like you know, you can see him in the daytime, but at nighttime, you're fucking scared for your life. And you're like, <laughs> just, yeah, I would just hear that all night. And I'd have like to put like headphones on. I would just be sitting there just like, mm -hmm. just all the night. And uh, so at some point I was like sleeping and I heard a. Hello. Jesus. And just like looking around, just like, what the fuck is there? Is there a mouse in here? Like, there can't be a mouse in here. There's, I don't have any food in here. My room is completely clean. What do you want from me? Even when I'm clean, you still decide to fuck with me. Come on now. <laughs> God, what are you, the IRS? Like, come on now. So, so I was like looking, I'm like, where the fuck is it? And I was just like, I was so confused. And I looked down next to my bed. And I see a little mouse just looking at me. She's like, we're just, we're just looking. We're just staring at each other for like a good ten seconds, and I don't know why. I was having like just kind of a moment with this mouse. I'm like, "Hey, so you're a mouse, huh?" 
Tell me about that, huh? It's, it's pretty pretty wild, right? What's it like to just eat shit all day? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, you know? And then at that point, he decided to run out because <laughs> he, he was just, I guess he was scared. <laughs> and he just, like, he just ran out from under my bed, just, like, ran out the door, just, like, <laughs> ran out automatically. <laughs> Got the fuck out of there. And I was like, well, that was a very odd moment I just had with a mouse. <laughs> and I'm like, just and I started thinking to myself, like, man, like, I don't know why that mouse like just stood at me for like a good like ten seconds. He was like afraid of me. Like, I didn't even do anything to him. I, I wasn't even like threatening him or anything. And I was like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Next morning comes around, and I take out some paper. I'm just like sketching out ideas for like a mouse character. Because I realized, like, well, mice kind of come across as very timid to me. Because, like, they're small creatures that, like, don't want to be seen by humans. And when they are seen, they make a break for it. So it's, like, that kind of got to me. And the way that mouse just looked at me was just, like, the kind of eyes of someone who's, like, doesn't want to be seen by somebody. You know, it's just, like, they're, like, looking at you just, like, I I didn't do anything. I swear. I just just want something to eat, okay? My my, my poor family just needs something. And just, like, I started sketching out ideas... And finally, I started designing, like, what would be me, a mouse. And I pretty much inspiration came from, like, the uh, the mouse itself in the darkness kind of looked like it had, like, a bluish kind of color. Mm, okay. I, I don't know if it was blue, but, like, it looked like it had a bluish color. And at first, I gave it a dark blue, but it didn't really look right to me. So I, w- I wanted to make it more colorful. So I gave her, like, a light, neon kind of color, you know, kind of like that kind of blue. Mm-hmm. Went from there. And then as for... Uh, the clothing attire, this came from, like, when I was actually at a Goodwill at some point, and I found that exact same clothing attire for sale, and I, I just like the, the way it looked. Like, I don't know why, you know? It's like, I'm not even a female, but I like the way it looked, you know? Right, right. So I decided to, like, put it on her and see how that looked, and I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty good. I really like that. So, <clears throat> as for, like, the other thing, the freckles, I don't know. I just like girls with freckles as well. I don't really care. Yeah, you know, that's that's my, fair enough. Understandable. That's my, that's my preference, and I'm sticking with it. Her personality itself was not just based off, like, the fact it was a mouse, but, like, it also, like, was based off a childhood friend uh, my mom used to, like, have me and my brother hang out with. Basically, my mom befriended somebody, and they had an agreement where, like, okay, so we're going to both have uh, two children, and we're going to give birth to them at the same day. (laughs) Same same year, same year and everything. And sure enough, uh, my brother was born first, and then after that, uh, the friend had a uh, had a daughter as well, and then I was born, and then they also had another daughter. So sure enough, we all were just born the exact same year, <laughs> and my mom was just like saw it as an opportunity to make us all friends and stuff. Though the fact was, these were just random people you were just forced to hang out with, you right, know? Right, right, yeah. And from like I, what I remember, like the girl like who was the same age as me was like a pretty shy kid. It wasn't even me who kind of noticed this. It was even like my my dad also said this. Just like, yeah, she's kind of a shy kid. I'm like, wow, I, I thought I was the only one who noticed that. Like, it's like when you actually think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, she was kind of a shy kid. Like, she didn't really talk very much, you know? And it's like, I don't blame her because, like, you know, it's just like the only reason we're hanging out is because, like, our moms are friends with each other, you know? We didn't actually, like, build a connection just naturally, you know? I feel like I was in a Twitter DM. Like, you know, when you get, like, a DM from somebody, she's like, hi, hi, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, are you? Fine. And that's the end of it. <laughs> and I never, and I never recovered since. And uh, I decided to base that personality off of her because, like, funny enough, that friend also has freckles as well. So, okay. like, that fit super well. And uh, then there, of course, was the the British accent, 
which once again, that was just my preference. I like accents. I don't know. British people are just kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. I grew up with a lot of British media, like Ardman, you know, Monty Python. And yeah. I just like the elegant accents and stuff like that. And I like their styles. So, and I know people make jokes about like, ew, the British, ew. I'm like, yeah, but like, come on, th- those accents, man. Like, I don't care, like, how fucking primitive they may come, come across. Those accents. Mm. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh. Oh, mm. I, oh, Lord, I have the vapors. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord, I have the vapors. <laughs> and uh, after that, like, I was finally done, like, designing her. And I was just like, yeah, it's perfect. That's fucking perfect. People are going to love this. <laughs> I didn't have that mindset. But, like, it was, like, you know, just there. And then I came to, like, deciding a name for her. And uh, I was just thinking of, like, words that started with the word, with the letter M. <laughs> That's all it was. It's like, okay, so she's a mouse. So she's have a name that starts with the letter M. Hey, that alliter- uh, alliteration, you know, takes you far in this world. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, Mike. Uh, what else? Michelangelo, <laughs> stuff like that. And then finally, like, I just like uh, thought of like Mia, and I'm like Mia Mouse, like, and like I thought my, like, I looked at like the picture of her. I'm like, yeah, Mia fits that kind of face. You know, I'm, I'm just like. I feel like I was naming my child. I feel like I was naming my own kid. You know, just like, it's like looking at the face. I'm like, yeah, they look like a a Jeffrey or someone like that. <laughs> and finally, you know, Mia Mouse was like created. Yep. And uh, that's pretty much how the story came. However, the fact was she wasn't the main type of character I focused on. Like nowadays, I focus on her a lot. But back then, I didn't know what to do with her. Right. Uh, quite honestly. I mean, that's that's so, valid, <laughs> especially for like such a, a shy character such as that. But I mean, I imagine you probably weren't intending on focusing on her until everyone else started to focus on her when you did kind of that like <laughs> test animation in like what? 2021, yeah. 2022. Like, w- w- can you describe more or less the catalyst of the society going crazy over a mouse? Like, how was that for like? How, what inspired you to make that little like test animation and how wild is, was it for you to see it just blow up? Oh my God. Like oh, fucking, it was, it was wild. Like I made that, uh, that test at some point. It wasn't the first Mia test I made. There's mm-hmm. actually an, it was actually an old YouTube channel I have. And you actually can find an old test of that. Uh, but this test was just something I just threw together. I think I made it like months before I made that Twitter account back okay. in like 2022. And, uh, Basically, what I did was I just wanted to do a simple animation test, like to test like Mia and stuff like that. I took some audio from a short film called The Last Bell, mm. and uh, I put that audio over Mia because I thought it fit very well. And like you know, I made the animation like maybe like a week or so. I can't remember. It was, it was like that kind of time. And uh, when I was posting stuff to my Twitter account, and it was a new Twitter account, there was like I did not, I barely had any followers. <laughs> And uh, I decided just to release it, just throw it on there. And at that time, I was uh, I was at the, my mom's house for for a week because I was helping her watch the dog while she was out. Okay. And uh, I decided to take a little nappy nap after I posted the after I posted the video. I woke up like two hours later. Well, actually, the dog woke me up two hours later, and uh, <laughs> I decided like, well, I guess I'll check the Twitter account see if anybody's actually paying attention. Go on. I got like twenty plus notifications. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm just like, I was like, what's happening here? And then like, and then I check my followers and sure enough, it's like at 5,000 followers. And I'm like, what the? and I checked my notifications. And it felt like every time I refreshed, it just kept like, there was like a billion more that would pop up. Yep. And I kept getting more and more followers. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> and, I, 
and I check and I'm like, it's that animation. It's fucking, it's blowing up. And like, it just keeps getting likes, likes, likes over and over again. And I'm like, and everyone's commenting on it. You know, they're just like, they're talking about it and shit like that. And I was just like, oh my God, is this, am I going viral? Is this, is this something? <laughs> is this something that like I've dreamed of my entire life? It's like, oh my god! And I immediately call my brother. I'm like, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. He's like, he's like, what? What, what is it? I'm just like, dude, you wouldn't believe this. So, uh, I think I just got popular. He's just like, did? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what? What happened? I'm just like, I told him like what was going on. He's like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Just take opportunity in that. I'm like, oh, I really should. Like, this is amazing. And by like the end of, and I feel like I just like for the full like four hours, I was just on that Twitter, just looking at the notifications, just like. Oh, 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 it's just like, just like, it's just admiring it. But a day later, still we're going up. Yep. And I think by like the end of all that, that video sits at like 35,000 like likes and stuff like that. And by the end of that day, I was up to like 10,000 followers or something crazy like that. And like, keep in mind before that I was at like 300 because beforehand I made like, it actually wasn't just that animation that got popular first. Uh, I beforehand released an animation of Joy from Inside Out, and yep. uh, the Saturday one, like, right? Hmm? No, no, no. It was like, it was like a, it was like a little test for like, I don't know how to describe it. It was a little test that like uh, was way before those ones. Okay, okay. It got like three thousand like likes, and it got my follower count from like two followers to like three to like three hundred, and then sure enough, released the Mia animation, fucking explodes. And I think and like, I, I was say I think the part that's insane about that whole entire thing you talk about is like the animation isn't that long. It's only like what maybe five seconds or something like that. Yeah, it's like five seconds of like me of being like I'm just waiting for a friend, and the internet loses its collective mind. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, what's so special about this? I made a lot of animations that are just like actually have something behind them. It's just a mouse just saying something. That's all it is. How did this get so many freaking traction? And I was confused. Like, people were, like, you know, talking about the mouse. Like, she's cute and stuff like that. And, like, there was people, like, I saw people making, like, these really funny memes. Where, like, they took, like, a, a British man's voice, like, and they just edited it over the video. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, you fat little cunt. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, okay, but there's, like, one thing I must know. And it's there's, like, the last thing I need to know, if this is actually a popular animation, did anybody draw porn over yet? Is my uh, question. It, it, it probably was like almost immediately. And, it, <laughs> and they did. Yep. <laughs> I, was yep. Like, I am popular. <laughs> yep. yep. I was going to say, look, this is the internet that we're talking about here. You present a, a uh, voluptuous woman on the internet, no matter how form, especially furry form, the internet is going to make porn of it almost immediately. That's, I believe that's yeah. like, I believe that's rule 34 through like maybe 37 at that point. Like there's multiple it, rules it, involved in that one. <laughs> it is. And it was insane. And I was just like, oh my god, like, wh where do I go from here? And I'm like, I fucking don't know what to do. Like, the only solution I can do is just make another Mia, like, related picture. So I, I did so. It had her thanking everybody for, like, the amount of support, like, that animation was getting. And sure enough, I got a lot of likes and stuff like that. And I realized, like, I think I'm onto something right now. Yep. I think I just created something. I think I just created a monster. And, uh, <clears throat> like, from that day on, like, beforehand, a character that at first I didn't really do much with because I didn't know what to do with her. Eventually, after people like wanted to see more of her, I'm like, well, what can I do to like help deliver that? It started making me like brainstorm like things about her. And sure enough, a lot of the traits that people recognize about her just came to life. Why is my phone keeping up my voice right now? Stop. <laughs> 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 it just like it was turning on. It was just like 
I think it was like the Siri thing. The the audience is listening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're like, write that down, write that down. He's just like, like, you know what he's doing. And, uh, fuck, where was I at? Phone, you distracted me! God damn it! (laughs) Well, you were were talking about how, like, before you weren't sure what to do with Mia, but now, like, you know, people were identifying with a lot of the traits that she exhibited and such. Yeah, and it's like, a lot of the stuff that people now know about her is, like, because of the fact that I wanted to do more with her, like the fact that she likes cheese that that came because like, I just, people were making jokes about how about giving her cheese and stuff like that. I'm like, maybe she can like cheese. Cause like, that sounds like it's, she's a mouse. And like, that sounds like a very British thing to do. I don't really know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like develop her a little bit more. I, I told her what people, what her job was. She works as a manager's assistant for a amusement park. Cause that's why you said like the journalism mouse. And I'm like, well, because, mm-hmm. cause, cause that was, cause that was like my, at least initial thought. Cause especially seeing like the clipboard and the paper or whatnot and the way yeah. that she's, and the way that she was dressed up, at least for me, gave me like very like journalism vibes. Like that, that's, yeah. that's just my instinct. There was a time she was a journalist, but like, uh, eventually I started developing an idea about like a cartoons kind of thing where it's like an amusement park where like everyone is animals think of like zootopia okay focused on like the amusement park aspect because i love amusement parks and uh basically i decided to take her and just like plop her in this world out of my own accord (laughs) because i am because i am god and i can do that (laughs) and uh Pretty much, I decided to make her the manager's assistant because I feel like if she's not like actually like working like on like one of the like one of the stands or like any of the, uh, the rides, then she probably would dress the most professionally, you know. Yeah. So her job would be to like you know go around and like check up on everything, make sure like the rides are functioning correctly. Maybe she needs to write some stuff down. Uh, maybe like like a phone calls for deliveries and stuff like that. Basically, just assisting the manager of the park, and that was pretty much her job. And, like, the fact was, like, you know, like over time, like, I just kept, like, you know, exploring more and more with her. The fact is, I think a lot of things changed about her. Her personality at first was just shy. Now it's, there's more to her than that. And, of course, her design changed over time as well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's funny, too, because, like, she stayed the, practically the same, you know, color scheme, you know, overall, like, simplicity of the design, the code and stuff like that. But then over time, I started making, like, changes to her and I'm sure if you probably have seen the changes, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Nope. Insanity is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Insanity. I mean, it re- is. <laughs> I mean, regardless, like seeing like how much the character has already evolved from again, that little five second animation to now, like really creating like a lived in world for Mia. Like it's insane to see. Cause I'll tell you right now, I was one of the people that hopped on board and followed you like almost immediately when I saw that animation, not just because of Mia mouse, but like, again, for me, I, I was in love with the animation of it itself. Like you did a really good job with that practice, like really doing a good fluid more than anything else like making it seem like a natural animation like you, like it, it's really good on your penmanship more than anything else it's a thing of mine i just i love doing uh making my animations look christmas move i don't do like rig animation i like doing like the old-fashioned like drawn like by hand animation right, right. and the, yeah and the fact is uh then it comes to the story of getting me a voice and this didn't start so like yeah we're getting into this part of the story because of course one of the other aspects that people love about her was her voice because if it wasn't just her design the british accent definitely sold people on her yeah yeah not gonna deny it that that, like look i'm like you i'm a simple man i love an accent all right so yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like eventually i decided to do a little thing to maybe get people to know her a little bit better which was a q a and at first, I was just going to make it like a picture Q&A where like I'd, I'd pick like questions out of a hat and then just like uh, 
make pictures of like her answering the questions. But like, you know, it'd be like cooler if I actually got like a voice actress to play her and make it like an animation kind of thing. But the hard part was I got to get a voice actress first. Right. So I decided to put up auditions. Now, the thing I was worried about when I was putting up these auditions is that whenever you put up auditions for like voices, you're going to get like, I don't want to sound rude here. You're going to get people who like are really, really beginning to do voice acting, like recording like on a really old phone and stuff like that. And it just sounds like me doing like a mockery impression of the character. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about, right? They send like the video. I, I know what you're talking about. Like, it's one of those, everyone has to start somewhere. That's all I'll say. Exactly. When it comes to that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not mean about that whole thing. Cause it's like, you know, you start somewhere, but it's like, not when you're like, when I'm actually like looking for an actual like voice that actually sounds like the character I want here. Right. And it's just all I'm getting. It's just like, hello, I'm Mia Mouse. Hello, look at this. I'm boy. I'm all Mia Mouse. Look at me. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, like, I'm not looking for that, all right? I want you to just improve your craft before you come back to me, like, for a voice job. So, like, I can definitely accept you for one, you know? In the same kind of way, it took me, like, many Twitter accounts to actually get to where I am. Right. I had to improve on my art first before I can actually grow as an artist and become, like, people, like, actually starting to like my work. So, I held auditions, and I was surprised to see I got some pretty cool auditions. And that's because... uh. I was followed by somebody who did comic dubs. Uh, their name is uh, That Bunny Dude. Okay. They do they do comic dubs, and they've done like, comic dubs of like, Hell of a Boss and stuff like that. And he's actually the voice of one of my characters, Charlie. And so, like, yeah, he basically, what he did was he threw in his Discord server uh, that there was I was holding auditions, and he even contacted some people he knew would actually be perfect for it. And uh, I got three people who he works with who decided to, like, hit me up. The people who hit me up was Maggie Elise, Sarah Senshi, and Maharu. And uh, I listened to all three of them. And I got to say, it was so hard to pick which one I wanted to do because they were all so good. Like, I wasn't expecting them to be so good. I was just like so confused. I'm like, God, I don't deserve this kind of thing. So I just, what I did was, is I just, I, I like, I edited a video. I, I took a picture. I put, took me his picture. And I plastered all three of the like voice recordings on there. And I just looked at the picture and I just listened to the voices and see like, which one I thought matched the best. Right. Not just in like the voice itself, but the personality. Can they not only match the character's voice, but also the personality I'm looking for? Cause he's not just the accent. All right. Yeah, it, it, it's not strictly just who can voice the characters, who can encapsulate the character. Exactly. And I listened to all three of them, and I really did love, like, Elise and Sarah's. Uh, the funny thing was all, all of them, like, improvised their stuff. They actually, okay. they all, like, did, they all did something with, like, their audio. So Elise, what she did was she took, like, pictures I did of Mia, and she just basically just dubbed them. That's <laughs> what she did. <laughs> so pictures, she, like, she, like, basically quoted a bunch of stuff that Mia has said at some point. <laughs> And then uh, Sarah just pretty much improvised everything. She did like uh, I, I think at some point she was doing like a, a uh, Lord of the Rings reference as me. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So she, yeah, she was having fun with the whole thing. And then Maharu's, I'm just gonna be quite honest, was like was the laziest one out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because like well, all of these people were like doing these like you know improvisations. They were like just simply like dubbing stuff from like the audio. Maharu did this. She was like. Hey there, I'm a heart of the fucks, and I, I'm gonna do this voice. And she just did the, and then she did the Mia voice, and like, you know, she, that's pretty much how it happened. And I listened to these voices, like they sound so good. But then I, I, I listened to Maharu's, and I'm like, not only does she like, she sounds like so much like the actual like the animation, like you know, her voice is based off of, like to a T. And like she's playing the character so damn well because it's like, 
they did like with Elise and Sarah, they did the accents super well, like to a freaking T, mm-hmm. but they were like really, really like, you know, over the top and eccentric. You know okay. what I mean? With Maharu's, it was more like eased and like smooth and like a lot more like calm, which was perfect. And I was like, I got to get her to do it. So I said, like, congratulations, you're the voice of me. And she's like, oh, and like, oh my God, like, I'll be quite honest. I didn't expect to actually get this role. However, even though uh, uh, Maggie and uh, Sarah didn't get the role, I still wanted to get them to do other voice acting. And sure enough, I was able to get them to do other stuff like in the future. There you go. Uh, Maggie, voice, Maggie voices Scarlet's, I'm sorry, Maggie voices Scarlet, who is Mia's boss. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Sarah actually voices two characters. She's the voice of Anne for Shade, and she's the voice of Rachel Rabbit. So she does two voices. So well, I, I didn't let them, so I didn't let them go to waste. And sure enough, Maharu still voices Mia to this very day. And what's funny is when I when we were talking about like how they got to like be the voices, Maharu told me that she was actually tired that day when she recorded that <laughs> line. So I'm like, oh, I thought you were just playing a character. I didn't know you were just tired as fuck that day jesus i mean i feel like especially with the job that you gave mia i feel like that would be the perfect encapsulation of mia as well as dealing with all this stuff she's just gonna be tired yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's funny too maharu i'm actually like surprised maharu's such a good sport about playing mia like Mm -hmm. in any case i say she encourages a lot of the stuff that happens to mia like on the live streams i'll like be figuring out like what i can draw mia and she's like you know what you do i'm like what draw mia dressed as crystal from Star Fox, like but there's that outfit is so revealing. She's like, I know. <laughs> you know you voice her, right? Like this is just I don't know. Like I don't know how you feel about this. And just, it's just, just like, say you know, it's self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like so, like she's a good sport about it. You know, we joke around about the fact that Mia is just like you know, really liked, and mm-hmm. she's a good sport about that. She knows that people like her a lot, and like you know stuff like that. And she's honored to like play Mia, which is really cool to see. Good. You know, she I mean- practically is the character at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to see that, that she is really encapsulated the character. I'm really happy to see like how the audience itself has like taken onto the character. Like the fact that they've basically clung themselves to me and be like, hi, we like you. Like I, I, <laughs> I can only imagine, especially for you, like how mind blowing it is, especially like to the point to where, like you said, you're actually developing more for Mia. You're trying to create like a world for her. Like exactly. It's gotta be insane at the end of the day. It is insane. Like I just, in the, at the end of the day, like it's like it's so much to deal with. Because of course, like you get comments from people who like, like DMs. Like I'm talking like really. Mm. You get the DMs where it's people like just admiring your artwork. The DMs where it's people like you know, artists who want to draw Mia, say for work or not. And uh, then you get the other DMs where yep. it's. Uh, you know, and we move more. on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so. <laughs> It actually was like even funnier because of the fact that like I would later on just uh, we would later on decide to make a Twitter account for Mia. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically she has her own Twitter account now, and I thought it would be kind of funny because it's like, you know, it allows people to probably get to know her a little bit better, you know, because she has her own Twitter account. However, I never said like who runs the Twitter account, oh. and I'm still not going to say who runs it. People ask like, is it you? I'm like, could be me, but it also couldn't be me. It's like, is it Maharu? I'm like, could be her could also not be her you never know no, no one knows no one knows trick question it was me austin it was me all along no. it was, yeah, it was, I, there was no fridge i lied <laughs> <laughs> t 
10 out of 10 meme. 10 out of 10. (laughs) So I'm, I'm genuinely curious now because, again, like you said, you didn't intend to really do a whole lot with Mia, or at least you weren't sure what to do with Mia. But now that you got the support behind you and obviously, like, a good, you know, cast of people that want to do stuff, what is the future plans for Mia? What do you have cooking up for Mia? Oh, God, like, what don't I have cooking up for Mia? I, of course, don't want to do, like, a lot of her. So, like, just, I don't want to get burnt out on her, of course. Right, right. Uh, So, of course, I do work on, like, just short little, like, animations. I'm actually going to be finishing up a little animation of her, like, soon. I was actually working on it, like, like on the liner, like, uh, last night. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, that'll, so, that'll, so that'll come soon. And uh, basically, the plans are, like, at the moment, I'm actually making uh, a short starring Mia. Because okay. people have been, like, wanting to see, like, an actual short starring the character. So we've actually already, like, got it voice acted and everything. I don't know when it's going to come because it's a short, so it's probably going to take a lot longer to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, after I release Shade, if there's ever a chance, I would like to make a series about Mia. If there's any case scenario, if Shade somehow gets me to a place where I can actually go into the industry and, like, make stuff, I would love to pitch a Mia Mouse series to, like, you know like uh networks and stuff like that like you know like like you know just about like you know her like at the amusement park and stuff like that because right. like you know it's, it's i wanted to like do more with her and stuff like that like really expand upon her as a character that's pretty much the main plan in fact right now i'm actually working on this a little uh paper mache statue of her at the moment <laughs> oh that's cute that is incredible yeah. i definitely gotta see that whenever you get done with that it's uh it's there uh right now it's chilling right here it's like i got the head and the cheeks down i just gotta get like the ears on real quick okay and uh, then i work on the body and stuff well that's incredible i mean again it's incredible to hear that like if nothing else this is more or less like a a a spark for you to like keep going and doing more with the character because it'd be incredible to see what you do with this character however there is one thing that you keep mentioning here and there that I really want to talk about, at least personally, because as I was doing my research well before I brought you on this podcast, if I could be honest with you, there's this little short that you keep teasing here and there that really has my imagination and really makes me wonder what you're going to be doing with this. And that's this thing called shade. Now, (laughs) now for those who may not know exactly what I'm talking about, how would you describe shade? So Shade is not a, is not a short. It's a full on movie. Oh, it's like, a full talk- length. It's a full length animated film. Yeah, I'm not even talking like 50 minutes long. It's like like an hour and a half, like an actual like running animated movie. Like Good an actual- lord. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how I would describe it, it's like a it's a 2D animated movie that's about a painter who comes a- who lives in this gray charcoal looking town. And she one day finds color and starts bringing creativity and spark into this like this small little town, showing that there's a world for creativity and art history and just like just allowing to make a difference in this world. You know, that's pretty much the main concept of Shade itself. Just paint a girl, paints the town. That's pretty much the main concept. Okay, okay. I mean, that very, very good elevator pitch, if I do say so myself. I'm sure the studios would love that. But, like, I genuinely just because, again, all I've seen is, like, little hints and tastes of this, whether it's seeing the main character, seeing some of the test animation you've done for it, seeing, like, a poster that you've done here and there for it. I, I got to know, like, what was the what was the spark? What was the inspiration for this film in the first place? All right, so I'm going to take you guys back to 2022. Uh, so, uh... In 2022, in July, I was like, I had this weird out of nowhere thought where I was like, 
I want to make a movie. Okay. I don't know why. I just want to make a movie. Because, like, I, I constantly like creating stuff, especially projects. In fact, Shade is not the only project I'm going to be working on. I'm going to be working Ooh, on it. Ooh, you tease. Live action. I'll, I'll be talking about it afterwards. The live action series that will help, like, maybe help Singles with Shade. But uh, hmm. I'll talk about that in a second. But for Shade, let's talk about Shade. Uh, basically, I wanted to make a movie. And, of course, I wanted to make an animated movie. And I was just, like, trying to brainstorm ideas to how to make an, what I wanted to do. So I actually have this book. Uh, it's like a Pixar book that teaches you how to make movies. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> First thing it tells you to do, just draw up random ideas and maybe you'll get like a spark of imagination out of them. I'm like, okay, since when does a book lie to me? <laughs> so I, uh, <laughs> so I uh, started just drawing up a bunch of random ideas. And uh, two of them I drew up, I remember. One of them was an idea called Harry the Hell Dweller. It was like a animated Mel Brooks style comedy film okay that was about like about a human who works in hell like in an office building but it's not like we're like a lot of hell cartoons where it's like a lot of swearing and like gore and stuff like that it's about a happy-go-lucky guy who works in hell and everyone loves him <laughs> and i would somehow develop a plot around that kind of thing i you know, i, I want to see like, i want to see that at some point i'm not gonna lie i would love yeah, to see that <laughs> it, like, it does stuff like he's just like like morning harry morning metastopheles you know stuff like that <laughs> He calls like uh, Lucifer, like the boss of the place. He calls him Lucy. He's like, oh, Harry, I told you the last time. Stop calling me Lucy. It's oh, just, come on, Lucy. Do- come on. We're having a good time, aren't we? <laughs> it's, like, it's embarrassing. It's just like, I'll see you at the golf field, Harry. You know, just like just that kind of stuff. Just like basically just like a really much a goofy little comedy film. It's like a Mel Brooks style comedy. And it's about like a happy-go-lucky guy in hell, which makes it like the satire because it's hell. So it's like you'd expect it to be like a lot of swearing and like, like how a lot of like hell related content is but it's the exact opposite. So it makes it kind of funnier in that kind of sense. Yep. And then there was one movie, which isn't a comedy. It was more of a a drama, like a, like a very metaphorical drama. It was called the entertainer, Mm. which would combine live action with animation. And it would have a live action main character who doesn't speak throughout the entirety of the movie and wears a smiling face mask. And like, it tells the story about like an actual like entertainer trying to get into the industry from his humble beginnings, becoming famous, eventually, it becoming stressful for him. It becomes tragic, you know, stuff like that. Basically, I, this tale of, like, an actual actor in Hollywood, like, of how, you know, Hollywood treats the system of actors. And it's like you have this live-action actor who has, like, a smiley face mask on what everything else is all monstrous. Think of, like, a feature-length film version of, like, the animated segments of Pink Floyd's The Wall. That's pretty much how I would describe okay. it. Okay, so, Yeah, it's more dramatic than it is, like, you know, co- comedic. And it's supposed to be, like, it, yeah, it's... But then I, I started thinking about these ideas. Like, I like them. In fact, the Harry the Hell Dweller idea actually was an idea me and my brother developed together as a joke in the car. And we decided <laughs> just to go along with it because it was actually a really funny idea. So, but I was just like, I don't think I, I need something simple to work with, though. I need something simple to do. I can't do uh, just a, a drama quite yet, like a actual tragedy. And then I started sketching up this one little, like, picture. It was a little painter gal who was holding a, uh, a little, like, a, uh, paint roller paintbrush and there was like liquid colorful paint dripping off of it and uh after i was looking through the doodles and stuff like that i look at this one i'm like something about it just like attached to me for some reason i couldn't really tell what it was and it was it was such a simple picture like nothing really about it and then i was just like maybe i can make a movie about this like Mm -hmm. i can develop something around this and i started expanding about like what can i do what can i do and I just kept rolling and rolling with ideas till eventually we got to shade. Now, originally the film itself was going to actually be about a, uh, basically how I pictured it was like, it's a 2d animated Pixar film. So 
it's basically would just be about like a factory where colors are made. But then like, I thought that idea was kind of boring in concept because I'm like, well, it just sounds like every other movie that does like what if kind of situation. Right. Then I then I took inspiration from a book called Loris Lurie's The Giver, and I developed into a new story, which is about a town that is completely has no color. Everything looks the exact same. There's no such thing as like a creative vision. People just work for the sake of like not actual like thriving creativity, but just for the sake of like working and stuff like that. And there's a quirky artist named Anne who wants to uh, who wants to become a big artist, but they just don't have the right inspiration to do so. And so one day they come across this special colorful substance at a dump. Okay. And like this, this is not just like ordinary substance. It's like it's something they've never seen before. It's bright. It's colorful. When you taste it, it doesn't it doesn't kill you. It's not toxic like paint. It's like actually has a really good taste to it. Hmm. And like. When you put it on stuff, it makes it bright, colorful, and actually full of, like, the actual original, like, artist artwork. For example, if I were to take a, uh, like, Vincent Van Gogh's uh, Starry Night, and right. in this world, like, without the color, it just looks like a normal-ass painting. It doesn't have that same kind of, like, flow to it. It just looks like a normal, boring-ass, like, star painting is all it is. But when you put color on it, it becomes the original painting that everyone knows and loves. That's, that's what the paint can do. And it does this to things like art... It can make food actually have a taste to it. Okay. It makes it makes music actually like different from each other, like have a lot of spark to it. It's it causes like a creativity in the towns. So, like when people start using it, they start finding a newfound like, you know, love for the passions they do. Like, you know, if a cook is making food that doesn't have taste to it, then like they don't have much like of a passion to make food. But once it actually does have taste, they want to keep like outdoing themselves and making great food. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the concept of the film. So you have Anne, a quirky little painter, and you also have her her pal Grayson, who's the exact opposite of her, who's uh, uh, an introvert in his own kind of way. So you have extrovert, introvert. <laughs> it's, it's funny because Anne's voice actress actually says that Grayson is an, is her adopted introvert. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually a line we added into the movie because it was just that funny of a line to me. I just thought it made sense to me. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, yeah. And it's basically about them trying to like prove to the town that, you know, there's a need for color and creativity because one of the people in the way of it is a is Elder Price, the true like leader of the town. And he just doesn't see color as good as a good thing because mm-hmm. uh the thing about the color in this movie is that the reason it was it's not in this world is because it was actually taken away. Because of the fact that like color was seen as just actually a dangerous thing to have. Okay. Because if things are colorful in the world then people have a, a strive to do things. But some people are not going to do good things. They're going to do bad things. And that's kind of like where it comes from. So they get rid of color to stop bad things from happening. However, in a way, it's kind of like them censoring people in a way because they're also getting rid of the people who actually use color for good. Right. It, it kind of think of it like this way. You're like, you know when it's like bright and sunny outside, you're going to be fully awake and stuff like that. But when mm-hmm. it's like cloudy outside, you're going to be more asleep. Yeah. That's kind of like what it's like having the color in this world. Like it's it's gray and like it's just a charcoal look outside with the town. So it's like everyone just doesn't have much of an interest and stuff like that. Things get colorful. They start having a strive. So Anne tries to prove that there's a, there's a need for this kind of stuff in this world and that it's good to be creative. And it depends on the artist who makes the art to really change the world. That's the main, that's the true like concept of shade. I mean that's that's an inc- 
Believe me when I say I have been hanging on to every single word when it comes to what you're talking about with this concept. Like, it seems like such a cool, unique thing that is rarely seen, but, like, I feel like it's a film that I would have seen ages ago and, like, find it as a good comfort film more than anything else. Like, finding that kind of, like, self-expression that people can exhibit with this this color and, like, how how Anne plans to, to, to you know, try to paint the town and make it more vibrant, make it a, a, an actual place that people want to, like, actually do stuff instead of just, like, the, the methodical just day in, day out, go to work, go home, go to sleep, you know, consume, you know, buy basic stuff like it it has the from what i'm hearing and from what you're telling me i feel like this has a potential to be probably one of the most unique and interesting films on in the world like just in general like i am excited to see anything i can about this because it sounds exciting i really like it's it's really exciting to hear that like you're taking the opportunity to make this a reality like i i can only imagine how excited you are to like bring it out into the world and let the world see like the fruits of your labor Oh God, I am excited because it's a film that also speaks to me in a way because of uh, how it's styled, like the characters and like the overall like you know themes and ideas that are behind it. Uh, for example, uh, basically the character of Anne is like a lot of the every character I vote, mostly every character I make does have like a bit of me in it, and Anne is definitely one of those characters that have a bit of me in there. Mm -hmm. I'm a very weird eccentric artist. All right, I'm passionate about what I do. But I also have feel like I feel left out of like the world around me because of like how eccentric I am, if you want to put it that way. Because I, I love going like over the top and beyond when it comes to like whatever I do, like acting and like animation. So it's like, but people don't truly understand that. So it's like they just think it's like okay, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but one of the other things about Anne is the fact is she's passionate about what she does and she's passionate about creating things and she wants to make an impact on the world, and become a big artist, is because you know. She wants to be remembered for something. And this is a fear I have myself is like everyone has a fear about this, the fear of being forgotten. Yep. But eventually you will die. And what do you have for people to remember you by? And that scares her a little bit because it's like when people die in this world, they don't really leave much of an impact on people. So it's like they kind of aren't remembered very fondly. Right. She doesn't want to just disappear like that, you know, like what other people have. And uh, she wants to, like, make art so bad, and she wants to get big so bad so she can be remembered for something. Because the fact is, art is the closest thing we have to immortality. And not even just art, just I personally, anything in general, like music, you know, yeah. music, baking, telling stories, or just simply just being a person in the community who does stuff is, like, something that's immortal for a lot of people to the point it gets talked about as years go by. And that's kind of the concept of the film. It's about creativity, but it's also about letting art live on and allowing yourself to uh, just, you know, be allowed to just be immortalized from people, you know, stuff like that. It's about people who just want to make things and just want to be remembered for something and make a difference in the world with the stuff they do. That's kind of the main point of it. I mean, I can only imagine, especially with something like that. Trust me, it's something that I I struggle with as well. Just kind of like that, hoping that I at least leave somewhat of an impact whenever I do, you know I do take that final breath in this world. Like hoping that what I'm doing, you know, I'm not just easily forgotten. Like I, I I've always had that mentality. It's a, it's a quote that uh, Jim Henson has said many times before. I hope to leave this world better than the way that I entered it. <laughs> <laughs> 
more than anything else. <laughs> I, I hope that like with stuff like this podcast, I hope I'm doing at least a halfway decent job doing that. And I imagine for you, like with this film and the animation that you've really immersed yourself in, particularly with this film that you're developing, like it's for you to kind of like leave that legacy and hopefully like leave an impact for whoever watches this film, because it seems like it has the potential to be a really impactful film for anyone that may be struggling with that kind of thing. I want to, I want to speak to every weird person out there who's continuously judged and well, okay, maybe there's, there's some people who deserve to be judged, but I'm talking <laughs> like, uh, we, we all, there's some artists out there who deserve to be judged because of how, uh, not just weird, but like overall creepy they are. Uh, but I'm talking about like uh, just the people who are so passionate about what they do, but the world just doesn't understand them. Like, uh, for example, uh, yeah, we've seen a lot of artists and like people over the years who have just been known for being weird and eccentric, and people just didn't get them very well. Uh, you know, it's just like you know, Tiny Tim, for example. Like he was, mm-hmm. and is just the guy to make fun of. But people didn't really understand. Like he actually was a genius when it came to music. Yep. And uh, so yeah, that's kind of the thing, though, because the fact is, like, we're all weird and here's the thing about me personally I, I remember someone asked me like you know a personal disinterest i have like people i do not like and i'm like boring people yeah. boring people is what i do not like but let me be specific it's not people who are just boring it's people who try to act like other people that's what i find the most person i do not like to hang around with and there's a reason why because you're just being somebody else just so you can fit in it's like let me give you an example it's like when you see uh kids nowadays acting like they grew up in the hood like the mm-hmm. palest whitest kids who are just like <laughs> get out of my face get out of my face <laughs> stuff like that pants are down sagging and stuff like that i feel like i'm gonna trip over themselves or stuff like that and they do this and i'm like why are you acting like this you didn't even grow up in the hood man <laughs> i have a cousin who grew up in the hood and you could say it's the hood because well there's gunshots in the windows oh jesus yeah yeah that that's yeah <laughs> That's a hell like, of a life. Then, yeah, I have little brothers who act like they're actually grew up in the hood. I'm like, you guys live in a in a good ass house and you get a PlayStation 4. How in the God's name did you guys suffer in any kind of way? Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> it's insane. And like to me, like I just find like just so boring. Like when you act like other people, like just it doesn't make sense. The reason I didn't date anybody in high school. Every single woman was the exact same to me. Just the same person. <laughs> just I didn't really feel much interest in anybody. And like uh, to me, like the people I usually like hanging around with, or the people I like to see, or like the people I like to see more of, is just the people who are passionate and just do what they do because they like doing what they do, and just they don't care about what people think, and they just want to do what they do just to make people happy. Exactly. I, I'm friends. I'm friends with people who are this way, you know. I never like fitting in with just the popular kids because the popular kids were just school dedicated, boring kids, you know. So well, I, I never wanted. <laughs> no, I would say you go. You say your thought first. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to say for the record, I'm not saying that it makes them bad people or anything. No, no, like no. That. Of course, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I've met some smart. I've met smart kids who are really interesting kids too. So it's like yeah. that's not really a bad thing. Well, I'm talking to people like who? Yeah. I was gonna say like you know you were talking about like you know passion that kind of thing. Like honestly, passion is a driving force for this podcast. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I just love letting people just gush about what they're passionate about, even if they struggle to call it art. Sometimes you know I brought on like streamers and stuff like that. Like I brought on people of all different kinds, and those are some of the most interesting conversations that I would have when someone's truly passionate about their stuff and just want to just talk about nothing but that stuff. 
Exactly. Like, and I've I've seen like episodes of this podcast, and like they're just it's a this podcast is a good example of people who are strange but passionate about what they do, and they're people I genuinely would like to talk to because of how like weird they come across to me. Like, I've seen so many people like you know make morbid jokes or like stuff like that. Uh, One of the podcasts you did, you you were talking with an artist name. What was her name? Like Blasphemous the Clown or something like that. Baphomet the Clown. Yes. There you go. And I remember like when I first watched this podcast. Like a thought in my mind, because here's the thing, whenever like you're going to be like invited onto a podcast and this was her first podcast, usually you're going to make yourself look decked out pretty, make yourself look good. And like, you know, show to people like I am not a weirdo. I am indeed like all of you guys, you know, because you don't want to come across as a fool. What does she do on the first moment she's on the podcast? She's dressed like a clown and she has a horn on hand. Yes. The moment the moment I saw that, I'm like, OK, I want to get coffee with this person right here. You know? <laughs> I cannot because tell you the experience that, that episode was. Oh, goodness. It looked like fun to me. <laughs> I was actually, before I was going to come on here, I was actually going to like jokingly do a, a joke where like I have my camera off and I turn it back on. I have like a peep costume on. I'm like, sorry, I had to find out about this mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just chilling over here. But like, I didn't have I didn't have any time. And uh, plus this green screen right here just takes up a lot of room. Uh, so like, that's just the thing. Like that, that's the kind of like, eccentric weirdness i'm talking about one of my favorite quotes is uh from dr seuss and it's it's actually on my wall right here it says uh why fit in when you were born to stand out and this is something i, I go by every single time because it's true why would you want to do that yeah you can be your own kind of person and make the things you want to make because people actually there will be people who will like it you know no absolutely i mean like i think you've done a good job yourself like showcasing that with your art and such like how you've been able to stand out in this kind of world whether it be with the 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 mia mouse or whether it be with this incredible concept of shade that again i cannot wait to see like i'm just genuinely curious like with all the art that you've been able to have a part of especially the community you've been able to develop when it comes to this art thinking of your art journey as a whole does it amaze you how far you've been able to develop as an artist it honestly is. It's actually incredible how I'm still doing this even to this day, but it's just that's because of how passionate I am about the whole thing. And the fact that like I can show so many people about it and like, you know, people can just talk about the fact that they knew me. I think it's so cool whenever I get the chance, like when my art actually impresses people enough that they like it just like, you know, see me as cool because of it, you know. Cause like I said, I'm a passionate dude. I, I go up and beyond for anything I do. Art, animation, you know, acting. I'll be honest. I'm a pretty insane actor. I go ham whenever I do acting performances, specifically like physical comedy. I have trained myself to do to like you know hurt myself in ways where I can make people laugh and not hurt myself that badly. It's to the point that people are surprised I've never broken a bone before. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Anytime I'm in I'm in like I'm in drama class in high school. When I was in high school and I was in drama class, people were just like constantly worried. I was like, okay, Nathan. Just don't go so extreme. Like, but why? And they're just like, well, it's just simple. We don't want you breaking a bone. Like, if I do, I die with everyone laughing. I'm gonna accept that as my policy. Okay. <laughs> as you're as you're wheeling me out to the hospital, everyone's gonna be laughing. I'm like, nice. It's just like it's, that's how it's gonna all gonna go. It's like, oh my god, he broke at least three of his vertebrae. Oh, so good. Like, yeah, exactly. They're just. I'm like in the hospital. Like, Nathan, are you okay? She's like, I just want to know one thing. What is it? Did they laugh and like, yes, they did. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I go out happy. <laughs> that that's that like, that's that passion and dedication that I appreciate about you, especially when it comes to your art. 
<laughs> they're just like, well, he, I mean, he died, but you know, he went out with a smile, you know, and sure enough, everyone was laughing when that all happened. I would even tell them as they're, as, I'm at, as they're at my funeral, I want them to, to drag me around like a puppet, you know, have my body <laughs> enter like as a puppet, my dead lifeless corpse, just like, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, exactly. Hello, my ragtime gal. Have a guy like have a, have a guy on the balcony, just like just doing that stuff. <laughs> just, go, just go out with everyone laughing, and uh, that's just the thing, though. It's like it's so strange to think like how I've gone so far as I did, and it's cool whenever I got like rewards in school for this kind of stuff. Like uh, I was uh, in middle school, I was rewarded like most artistic, and then in high school, I like my senior year, I was awarded most creative which i was surprised to get something like that in a yearbook because to my understanding in in yearbooks for like those kinds of rewards it's rewards to people who are just the popular kids you know for all you know they probably you didn't even know they did the stuff they did like my brother for example he does music and he's a really great musician okay yeah he's actually the he's actually gonna be the person who does the score for shade and uh he at one point for, for when we graduated from high school, he was checking the yearbook and uh, he was checking best musician, and he was looking like these guys. I don't even think even play music. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I was like I didn't know if he was saying that just as a joke or like he legitimately didn't actually know if these two played music. But like it's a true thing though. People the, the people who get like rewarded this stuff are like the popular kids. So like. When you see like people who genuinely are like really like you know are actually passionate about what they do, and you see them do it on every occasion, it's amazing. Which is why it's so weird that people like voted for me for most creative. It's it's like I didn't even know people knew I existed. Like holy shit, <laughs> and that's an amazing thing. And like now I'm making shade, and I have like a Twitter account that's like getting like popularity. It's so funny. My friends are just like, oh, like dude, it's wild how popular you are. I'm yeah. just like, I know. I mean, it's it- like. How- <laughs> it's it's I, like I, especially like especially looking in hindsight it has to be insane just seeing like how much people are truly loving and appreciating what you're doing it is like here's the funny thing like before it became like you know uh silent jack i went to like a lot of fucking things i had to do just to, like get to where i am like a lot of like things i experimented with and like just things i wanted to do to simply get to like a level i want to get at mm-hmm. and it's because i wanted to like get to a future where i can make stuff i love and people really like it uh beforehand before i you know made mia and stuff like that i was i was a freshman in high school i created the silent jack name actually was not just something based off just a profile pic it was based off a character i created okay who uh, i based off of like the silent film comedians like charlie chaplin and buster keaton mm. and like as i said before i study like physical comedy so like i love doing it and I created a character who is pretty much those inspired from those characters. A paper boy who, you know, wears the exact same hat as me, actually. <laughs> same hat, <laughs> the, same the, shirt. The, the little newsy hat, I see. All right. Well, the newsy, exactly. Uh, he Like, newsy hat, white shirt, black pants, uh, tucked into his socks. He wears black shoes, has, like, mascara underneath the eyes, pale white skin. And he constantly has a look like this. He's like, <laughs> just like... I went out like that. I'm <laughs> just like very like Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands like. And I wanted to make a YouTube channel around this character. However, as much as I had a lot of passion and like I wrote a bunch of scripts for it, I was a freshman at the time, so I didn't have many resources to do this to make this possible. Right. I couldn't drive people around to like record videos and stuff like that. It was hard. So uh, of course, YouTube channel was out of was out of the question. But I wanted to make money off of the work I did. I'm just like, oh fuck, I want to make money off of this art. And I was asking my brother, like, what can I do, Jacob? I don't have a big audience. Like, how am I going to make money? He's just like, 
simple dude you do what every single artist needs to do i'm like what's that you gotta make hentai i'm like oh. <laughs> and i'm like but jacob i don't know how to make hentai though he's like you'll figure it out i believe in you i was just like yeah i was just like there's no way in heck i can do that come on now my style is not that good with making like stuff like that come on now so i had to but I'm like but damn i want to make money though so i experimented and sure enough i did it and i actually got to make money off of it well, there you go <laughs> and look um, at what? and look at where it's gone and look where you are now <laughs> well it's also a cross it's also a curse too because you know once you do something and like i wasn't passionate about this kind of stuff so it's like I didn't want to do it anymore. I got burnt out from it after a while because it was just the same thing over and over again. You know, mm. how many times am I going to draw an ass? Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay? It's the same thing, okay? They're just like, can you draw this character but with a humongous? So I'm just like, the same as usual. They're like, yeah. Right. Like, oh. <laughs> Give me something to work with here, man. Like, come on now. So I decided to like just quit and I just deleted the account like after that because like, no explanation, no yeehaw or anything. And then I created the Silent Jack account about like a month later. And then that blew up and the rest was just from there. I was able to make money off of the work I did and I didn't have to draw a single titty. Not That's yet a at plus. least. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, that Christmas season is coming up. You got to get some. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, November. I'm going to take full advantage of that, people. There you go. <laughs> Well, we've been talking obviously a good bit about like the art you've been able to develop and the art you've been in and the world you've been able to immerse yourself in. But for this next question, Jack, if I may, what if I give you more or less the dream scenario? Let's say I am big shot, Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and like, look, Jack, Nathan, however yep. you want to be addressed. We know, you <laughs> do, we know you can do some fantastic stuff. We, we, we've seen the stuff you've been able to, to have a hand in and we can tell there's something good. You just need an additional little little platform, little push, really get you to that point. We have access to everyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than there should be possible. We really should be paying those actors at this point. I mean, they've been really going at this for a while. We'll focus on them later. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone. If okay. given this opportunity, what would be the Dream Silent Jack project? The Dream Silent Jack project? Mm-hmm. Like, so like what like a movie or something like a movie i would really want to make or what, something? whatever you want this is again this is your dream however you want you can it could be the 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 movie of your dreams it could be a series of your dreams it could be developing a studio to produce all this stuff with all the resources and stuff on hand whatever you have in the in your mind as like if i can make this this would be incredible Oh, that's such a hard question. Because, like, there's so many ideas I want to make a reality, but I don't have, like, favorites I want to do. Of course, Shade is one I want to, like, bring to life. But, right. Like, that's right now being, like, a, just a, a, an independent project, not something that's funded by studios. So so I was gonna, so if I may, since you have, like, a lot to choose from, why don't we go with the, the one option I presented? How about a studio funded, you know, to where you can bring on whoever you want, really get the resources that you want on hand, and you can produce any and all the ideas that you really want. Bring those to fruition. Would that be the dream, more or less? Pretty much. Just allowing me to make the films I want to make. That's pretty much all I can really ask for. Hey, you <laughs> there's so many. There's so many ideas. It's like I can't choose a favorite. I mean, we talked about a good couple of the ones that you were already developing, and you know, especially the the, the Harry the Hellgoer or whatnot. I, I happy go lucky. I I 
Look, I'm going to say it right now. If you ever do decide to develop that more, I call dibs on Harry. I want to voice that. You, that you want to be Harry? I want to be Harry. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Freaking Kieran constantly talks about, like, whenever I present a new male character, he's like, you know, I can voice him. Like, dude, give other people opportunities. For fuck's sake, you voice, you, you voice Charlie for crying out loud. Just let other people have a chance at this, all right? Look, so, all, I'm just, okay. all I'm just saying is I can just imagine myself just a lovely little scene. Ah, oh, Lucy, we still on for that wonderful dinner on Saturday? <laughs> I can I can see it. I can I can see that. I'll I'll keep you in mind if that's the case. Maybe I'll like do like a little like short starring him or something like that. There you go. Hey, I, hey, Just, like whether whether it be for this or whether for any male uh, voice whatsoever, I have the mentality of have Mike will travel. I don't even want to get paid. I just want the experience more than anything else. Especially just. I'm, gonna pay, I'm, gonna uh, pay you. I'm sure I'd appreciate payment, but I'm saying you don't have to if you need the option there. <laughs> All right, then I won't pay you. Hey, whatever. I get the, I I get to work on. <laughs> I get I get to voice a gilet. Uh, a gilet. I get to voice a, a silent. I get to voice a silent Jack Short. Who am I to complain? <laughs> <laughs> they're just all like uh it's like okay uh so uh yeah so when are we gonna start recording like recording you're not recording anything <laughs> just like i just i just want you to, i just want you to embarrass yourself is all <laughs> <laughs> duly noted yeah uh, exactly. <laughs> but but regardless especially with some of the ideas that you're apparently cooking up you know beyond the Mia Mouse stuff and beyond shade or whatnot it just giving you that that studio to make a reality like hey who are we to complain? I think that'd be money well spent on the Mr. Moneybags behalf. So I think <laughs> Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> hey, dude, like, hold on. I, I, hopefully I can show this without my camera disconnecting. But like Mr. Moneybags is like a legit character, more or less. Oh, my, got, oh my God. Hold on, see if you can do this. You see that oh. on the wall right there? The little Mr. Moneybags. Like, oh, there he is. Yep, yep. Oh, I've seen him. Oh, I recognize that face. <laughs> yep. Yep. That, that's good I've old Mr. Moneybags. Yep. Oh, my oh, goodness. Like, hell, he's, he's right there as well. Like, there <laughs> <laughs> this is an old thumbnail that's done by uh, Screaming Jay Fawn. Awesome guest I oh, had on the podcast. Amazing. When will I get to be on the wall of fame? <laughs> make some art, and I'll be more than happy. And, like, make a post or something like that. I'll find a place for you or some keychains. I'll find a space for you on here. I promise. <laughs> I'll make you a I'll make you a giant sized replica of Bold and Brash as well too. <laughs> Bold actually, and Brash. <laughs> I actually do. I actually do have it on my wall right over here. <laughs> I can imagine. I can only imagine. But, Not full size, but it is a, it is a, it is a uh, picture of it. <laughs> there you go. But sadly, we got to get down from the dream scenario. We got to get back to reality. And I'll ask the ever so generic question. Okay. Where where do you hope to see yourself, say, five to ten years from now? Hopefully not dead. That's my only That's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm just hoping that five to ten years from now, I'm, like, able to make, like, I'm in the industry. I'm able to make movies, cartoons, shorts, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that, you know, this, like, Shay can hopefully start up uh, a lot of careers for many voice actresses and voice actors because they're very talented. I want to see them get big in the industry. And, uh, you know, it's just like, that's pretty much the whole thing, just wanting to make other stuff after that. I'm hoping that, what I'm hoping for is that people have been asking me, like, you know, uh, what's going to happen with Shade once it's done? Like, where's it going to be at? And I said like, well, I really want to see if I can like maybe contact a studio to get it distributed. Like I want to have it be like a theatrical movie. Right. So if there's a high chance that it does get distributed and it's a hit and it allows me to make more stuff, I will be so fucking happy about that. 
And even if it doesn't get picked up, I can release it on YouTube or film festivals. The problem is I got to get the money first and the interest first to actually make the film possible. (laughs) Right. I mean, hey, I think you're doing a good step in the right direction. I can tell you right now when it comes to film festivals and stuff like that, I like the the easiest way I could tell you is filmfreeway.com. When I was in film school or whatnot, that was the way to where you can look online to see what kind of film festivals are out there. Some of them do it for like very little to small, little to no entry fee. So you can really get those in film festivals festivals and hopefully just immediately call it an award-winning film like almost right off the bat <laughs> i mean that's how i got some of my awards to the fact that i found some really good film festivals and stuff so awesome yeah. well I, I gotta find good film festivals first because i've seen like i've seen they're pretty actually pretty uh numerous harsh, yeah. <laughs> or like you know overall uh very picky with what they select <laughs> yeah well i mean you gotta realize especially for a lot of these film festivals it's like they they some of them have like an agenda going into it that they need to pick like X kind of film or Y kind of film. And for a lot of them, it's also like, Hey, you know, we only have X amount of spots available. We need to fill it up with, with, with certain things that, you know, match up to, to X, Y, Z. So it's a whole process, but like, honestly, with the work that you've been putting into this stuff, I don't think you'll have that hard of a time. I don't think it'll be that hard. Maybe I will. Like, who knows? Maybe in the future, I'll just like, I'll give him a phone call. It's like, hi, I'm just calling. Why didn't you select my my documentary <laughs> on how far you can stretch your asshole, okay? Oh, that is a very informative Okay, and we move on. <laughs> I will have you know, I am very smart at the field I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very... Uh, fucked up dude whenever it comes to like my, my you, sense of humor you were, you were the person that just straight up just said like yeah oh my god i got tired of drawing so many asses and stuff and here you are be like where's my documentary for how far <laughs> hey that's an informative thing by the way here's a fun fact here's a fun fact i'm it scared or is how a raccoon can go up it oh okay i've heard that fact before just randomly on the internet okay that that's just all i need to know as we start to wind down the interview I just have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, okay. you have been deeply entrenched in art for years. It has been a, a, a major part of your life for as long as you can remember. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? It's it's an important part of the world because it's just a part of expressing yourself. I see art as a way of expression. It is depending who you are, no matter where you come from. The way your style is developed, the way like you want to tell a story. To me, art can tell a story that like, can't just be told. Whether it's like just nor- a, a painting or animation or hell, even just a fucking doodle on paper, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like there's a certain style and like a character you're willing to tell. Like you can tell a lot about a person for just what they draw, you know. It's, it's a known fact. It's or like maybe like there's something they want to, a story they want to tell. But that's to me like what art truly is. It's expressing yourself in a way that you can't really do as a person. I myself. I'm a very private person, you know? It's like, obviously, from what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm a really private person, as you can probably tell. I never like to embarrass myself very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, about that documentary. It's coming out soon. <laughs> oh, but, Jesus. Uh, uh, but it's like, so I usually like to express myself through the art I make, you know? A lot of the uh, the emotions I feel, like the overall like, experiences I have, I like to tell through the art I have because... You know, it's like, I'm a very goofy person, but, like, I'm also have a very complex mindset, you know? It's like, I think about things that, like, are pretty dark or pretty uh, complex for me to understand. So it's like, I try putting, try understanding it by, like, making, like, really simple and fun films that people can enjoy. That's what Shade is. It's like, it's just a, my art piece that's, like, a version of me 
telling a story and like complex ideas that like I want to talk about and showing them to people that maybe have the same thing I got going on. It changes people. Like it's honestly an amazing thing whenever I see like how because like I said, art is like the the closest thing a person has to being immortal and it lives on and more and more people want to be inspired by that art and the person who made it. It's even a certain thing. If the artist himself is a shitty person, well, people aren't going to remember the person very much. They're just going to want to remember the artwork because of how good it was. Because that, that's that's how it, art is immortalized, you know? It's like it's mm-hmm. immortal to a person themselves, outliving past the artist. It's an it's honestly an incredible thing, to be quite honest, how like art made like centuries ago can still hold up even to this day yeah. when the person is just fucking dead at this point, you know? <laughs> it's like it's a true thing. Like that's what that's to me what art is it's just expression in a way that you wouldn't be able to do as a person because people are really stupid. <laughs> you know what? That is wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. Not really. <laughs> I I I, I, was... I still think it was a very eloquent way to word it more than anything else. Up until the very don't, end. <laughs> don't kiss don't kiss my ass, okay? All right, all right, listen, please, please, please. I don't no, please don't kiss my ass, all right? I'm not I'm not that much of a genius, okay? I'm just a complex artist, okay? Well, you say don't kiss your ass, but here's the thing. Uh, that's all the questions I have for you, Jack. I've already showered you with a bunch of praise, but I'm going to show you with a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. Um, okay. <laughs> no, like I, I like I said before, like obviously I, I hopped on board with the Mia train, like, you know, seeing how like Mia really like got so many people's attention. But ever since I've really gotten to immerse myself into your art, like it's been really amazing seeing like the talent that you just, just ooze like with every new piece that you put out there, like seeing kind of the fluidity of your art, seeing kind of the creativity that you have behind it, whether it be from your own mind or just bouncing off of whatever improv other people throw your way at the end of the day. And like seeing obviously like the stuff that you also have, like cooking up the, the stuff that you're really like taking the time to cultivate and really make it to something special. Like it makes me more or less excited to see where you're going to be going from here. Like I cannot tell you how excited I was to have this conversation, how much respect I had for you beforehand and how much respect I definitely have for you after the fact, like just getting the, the chance to talk to you. But more than anything else, like I'm just excited. I'm excited to see like what you're going to be presenting. I'm excited for the entertainment that you're going to be giving the masses. And I'm really excited to see where this stuff can take you because I can tell from the, the love and passion and the respect that you have for where you are today. It just, I can't help but root for you. So at the end of the day, thank you for what you do. Please keep up the incredible work and just know that I'm going to be right by your side rooting for you. Oh, thanks, man. I'll be I'll be there room by your side too. Continue the podcast, man. Oh yeah. You got like a lot you got a lot of great uh speaking skills, way better than what I can do. So <laughs> I'm an artist, not a not a public speaker. This is why I do physical comedy, so I don't have to say anything to people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you did a very good job t- with today's conversation. I think you you spoke very well. I mean anyways. Um <laughs> <laughs> now for people that might be wondering why exactly I'm just over the moon when it comes to this incredible artwork and stuff like that and want to see why I am just so ecstatic ecstatic about it go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home do it (laughs) am I am I I plugging myself or am I plugging you're you're plugging yourself you're telling people where they can find your stuff oh shit Uh, (laughs) I was I was just threatening the audience for no reason then uh Well, that's a that's the best. That's a good way to do it. Just like, who's this Silent Jack fellow? Do it. <laughs> Subscribe to my channel, or else I'll kill you. 
death is a preferable alternative. Your dog will be kicked. <laughs> we do not kick dogs. <laughs> Your mom? I will have her. <laughs> She's mine now. I, I, who, who am I to argue with that? Anyways, but yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, okay. But you can find me on YouTube uh, and, and Twitter. That's pretty much where I started off from, Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky now because Twitter's a bitch. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's my main platform. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, just simply type in Silent Jack and you'll find me. That's pretty much the simplest thing I can really say. That's all. Because like, literally, I go by Silent Jack on all of my socials because... You know Nathan Gopi, he doesn't stick well because you can't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> yeah, who can who like how hard is it pronounced Nathan Gopi? I mean, I'm just saying. I, it says me as I stumble. Really says me as I stumbled to say it at the beginning of the episode. Um, <laughs> it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> and if you miss any links, I'll be sure to have them in the description below, especially like, for example, I know people are going to be jumping on the bandwagon to find Mia's uh, Twitter account. So I <laughs> <laughs> if you do, please, please just go easy on her. She's she's a she's a hardworking shy mouse. Don't 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 do this to her, guys. Exactly. Well, like, I, like I said, I've got I, I was actually thinking to myself, like, well, if it's actually Mia, I'm sure people will, you know, be like a lot more tender. I was mistakenly wrong. I was, I was, always, I was so terribly wrong about the whole thing. I'm like, she's a mouse, guys. Come on. This is the air that we're talking about here. What did you expect? God, can't you, can you guys just stop being horny for like one damn minute? What's that one? What's that one master Shifu meme picture I found one time where he just turns around. just like, whoever is making that fapping sound quiet down. Oh. Jesus. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Uh, Eat your vegetables, and uh, I am actually Jesus Christ. You know, yeah, I don't know if you guys knew this. I'm actually Jesus. You know, oh. the hair, the, the freaking, <laughs> the uh, just a, a little beer. I, I gotta be Jesus, which is actually funny. I was actually called Jesus in high school. Oh, but wow. you know, just continue making stuff. Whoever watching, if you're an artist, just continue doing what you do, and just fucking, who knows? Maybe we'll cross paths at some point. If you're not an artist, well, thanks for coming on board. There you go. <laughs> And with that, all I have left to uh, all I have left to say is for the people at home, pay your artists. Oh fuck yes, pay your artists. Love a god, please love a god. Pay your artists. Don't pay me though. Uh, I don't deserve money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Uh, like I said in the intro, Jack is someone that has really grabbed my attention almost immediately with the stuff that he was presenting. So it was a real honor to to have him on. Jack, if you've gotten up to this point, um, thank you sincerely for your time, especially given the circumstances. I It, it means the world to me that you took some time to do this. Um, I begin the chance to talk to Jack about all these different things, especially the, the stuff that he doesn't get to talk a whole lot about, or people don't really know him for as much, especially the shade stuff. 
that's one of the things I crave when it comes to this converse, these conversations. Yeah, words. More than anything else, like get the opportunity to to talk to Jack about shade. Oh my god! Like, if you guys could not tell from the video version of this podcast, it is so gorgeous, and I want people to see that just as I can imagine Jack wants people to see it as well. It just shows that you know the creativity that all these creators have that they can exhibit. It it it's just absolutely mind blowing. It's absolutely fantastic, and. I hope more people get to see that. I mean, I know I'm trying to do that as well with helping Tipsy out with the evil little thing. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this when the episode drops, uh, this upcoming Sunday, the 12th, me, Tipsy, and several fantastic artists, we are going to be hopping on uh, Trey's Twitch channel to raise more money for the Indiegogo for the evil little thing. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. If you guys donate at least five or more dollars, you can get a fun voice requests or a drawing done not saying that i couldn't help but if you're looking for a halfway decent cane i might be more than happy to help you out there or maybe you're looking for patrick either way we would love to see you there to help raise more money so that we can make more incredible creative projects just as the evil little thing seeing stuff with shade that love and support that you guys give for these creators and their projects and stuff like that, it could take us so far, and it has me excited to see what can be out there for what you guys can be producing. So long and short of it, keep up the awesome work. Keep doing incredible stuff. Showcase that love and support. Show up and show out wherever you can. Let's build together as a community. Let's raise each other up. 